This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 63, Limiting Beliefs. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing? I am excited that it is March because I am feeling optimistic that we're going to hit spring. I know we inevitably hit spring, but this year in Toronto, we have just been slammed with so much snow. I can't take it anymore. I wonder why on earth am I living here? So I am excited for spring. I know we have at least another six to eight weeks, even that's optimistic of winter time. But once I hit March, I sort of feel like, okay, I can see the horizon. I can get there. I can keep going. So anyhow, I hope um, wherever you are, I hope you are enjoying the weather. And if you are in sunshine, appreciate it for me. Get out there, get some good vitamin D, enjoy that sunshine. Today, I wanted to talk with you about limiting beliefs. And it came up because so often when I'm working with people, they start telling me their stories and they tell me their stories as if they're telling me the facts of their life, how things are, as if they're talking about just reporting the observations of the facts and circumstances of their life. But what they're really sharing with me is what their beliefs are, what their brain thinks and what their brain actually thinks is true. I like to think of our beliefs as being thoughts that we've had over and over and over again. That's what I have been taught. So many times these thoughts become completely ingrained in us and we don't even question them. We don't even question whether they are thoughts or we just assume they're just beliefs. And our beliefs are not in fact facts. They are just thoughts and we have thought them for so many times and we have bought into them. So let's talk just a minute first about where do beliefs come from? If you've been listening to the podcast, then you know that I teach something called the model. It's the equation of life. It's a framework that you can use to build awareness about why you feel the way you do, why you do the things or don't do the things the way you do and how you create the results in your life. You can actually go back and re-listen to that episode. Uh, It's episode eight called the equation of life. So basically just to give a quick review, there is a particular circumstance in your life And that circumstance is the fact. These are the things that are super boring. They're provable in a court of law. Everyone will agree on them. I like to call it, it's like the blank canvas of your life. And these facts, they're boring, mundane. They're the data points that don't own very much or carry much weight on their own. There's no morality to them. There's no right or wrong. They're just kind of neutral until we have a thought about them. Now, the thoughts that you have are basically the sentences in your brain that you put meaning to the circumstances, and they are 100% optional. So you can color the canvas any way you want. You can have a circumstance, and you can make it mean anything you want. I often give the example, if you're walking down the street and you see somebody across the street that you know and you wave to them and they don't wave back, what do you make it mean? 
Some people make it mean, oh, they just didn't see me. Whereas other people will make it mean, oh my gosh, they're ignoring me. So we can have pretty different interpretations of the same circumstance, the same situation. Now your thoughts, the reason they're so important for us to be observant of what our thoughts are and to become aware of what our thoughts are because our thoughts create our feelings. We can change how we feel depending on what we're thinking. You are important of how you feel. And your feelings are what fuel your actions and your actions drive your results. So go back to episodes uh, eight and you can hear the full debrief about that. Now, why did I go into all that? Well, because the one thing that I haven't really talked about here is what fuels your thoughts? Where do your thoughts actually come from? We have thoughts about our circumstances and we know that those are all optional, but is there anything that feeds or influences or fuels our thoughts? And of course there are. So I just want to offer to you that our thoughts are influenced and we get our thoughts from different areas. So firstly, we get them from like our genetics and our personality. We're all born with certain traits and dispositions. Not to say that we're fixed, but I kind of look at it like sometimes we look at people, we know that they're tiggers and other people are ehors. It's just a natural disposition that they have. And the second thing that can influence our thoughts are who our caregivers are and our experiences with our caregivers. That is very much related to the ideas and the behaviors, the things that we observe and the things that are reinforced in our life, what we're rewarded for, not rewarded for. That begins to shape our beliefs. Another thing that influences our thoughts and beliefs are our social circles. So who our teachers are, who our coaches are, who our peer influences are, the people around you and all the people around you, we know how much they can influence you. Well, they are influencing what we are feeding our brain to be thinking all the time and that becomes our beliefs. Then society in general, the media can have a huge influence on what is considered socially acceptable. Even our own neighborhoods. I was having a conversation with my son the other day and where he lives now, he was talking about how whether you're a liberal or a conservative is so dramatically different from where we live in Toronto. He was saying that when people talk about being liberal where he's living right now, it is dramatically different when what the de definition of liberal is in our specific area in Toronto. And a lot of that has to do with the environment, the society that we have, the, the belief system. And so for him growing up, it just was such a natural thing that he was exposed to this kind of, you know, different politics that when he's out of that environment, he's like, oh, I didn't even realize it's kind of like a fish, not realizing that they're in water. They just realize that's the environment until you take them out of water. And then the fish is like, oh, I've always been in water. So our society, the media, the influence, our political arenas, that those are all things that can influence how we think. And then of course, our religious beliefs, our cultural beliefs, our traditions, they can help spread limiting beliefs. Sometimes uh, even the teachings in our religion customs, they will define what attitudes are acceptable under the eyes of divinity or which one are individual believers. Or we can look at some cultures and some cultures are very accepted of a collective attitude versus an individualistic attitude. And then other cultures as well have different definitions for gender roles. So that can have a big influence on what we think. And of course, we have things like our education level. 
how much education, formal or otherwise, that we are exposed to and within what context. Our socioeconomic status can influence what our thoughts and beliefs are because it's all based on our experience. And then, of course, our level of privilege. If we belong to a group that had traditionally privilege of a certain race or gender or orientation, all these things will help shape our thoughts and our thoughts when we think them over and over again. They just become our beliefs and we start to believe them as facts. So your beliefs are kind of like the lens through which you see the world. It's not good or bad, but the lens does give your world a certain taint. And it is the lens that we have every day that we start to think that it's pretty true. Thinking about our thoughts over and over and over again, our brain creates pathways. And these are like the super pathways the super highways of our thoughts. They are so well-worn that they just become our default. And our brain always wants to go to what is familiar, what is the easiest for it to believe. Our brain wants to keep believing what it has always believed. So there's something called cognitive dissonance, which is basically your brain wants to keep things believing what I've always been believing. It is too uncomfortable for it to go against what it has always thought. So even if it hears things to the contrary, it actually doesn't even want to believe that evidence. It wants to believe what it already thinks to avoid this discomfort, this cognitive dissonance. Our brain wants to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and do easy. And keeping on believing what you already believe is the most well-worn pathway. Sometimes that's not a problem. Our beliefs can really serve us well. And by serve us well, I mean that they will lead us to create feelings that we want to feel that fuel actions that lead us to the results that we want. So we know it's a useful belief that we have if we're getting the results that we want in our lives and we'll want to keep those beliefs. I want you to then think about your life. If you are getting the results that you want, then you likely have beliefs that are serving you well. But what happens if you're not getting the results that you want? You don't have the relationships that you want, the job that you want, the success that you want, whatever it is that you want. I know we want to attribute it to our circumstances. It's because of this. I didn't have this privilege. I don't have this opportunity. I don't have this amount of money. I don't have this education. I know we want to trace it back to our circumstances, but it actually can be traced back to our thoughts and often what we call limiting beliefs. So a limiting belief is a state of mind or a belief about yourself that restricts you in some way. It's a judgment that you have about yourself that you think is true. And so it limits you from doing something. Now, these beliefs often come from a place of negativity and fear that keep us from experiencing new opportunities. They are the things that we believe to be true. We don't question them. We often think they're facts like we've been talking about, or it's just the way it is. We've told ourselves these things over and over. We don't even remember being told or where we picked up these beliefs because they're often in our subconscious. But we've heard it so often, we kind of believe we don't have a choice but to believe it. Now, we also have these beliefs because they technically are supposed to keep us safe. As we know, our brain is always trying to protect us. And so it wants us to believe these things so we don't step out into the danger zone, which is discomfort, which is the unknown. Basically, it's the lies that we are telling ourselves and we just never question them. 
we want to start questioning some of these things if we believe that we aren't getting the results in our life. Because these are the things that are keeping us stuck. Believing these things are often what keep us small. It's not unusual for us to have a hard time questioning our beliefs. And one of my mentors, Brick Castillo, she teaches that there's basically three reasons why questioning our beliefs is hard. Firstly, beliefs, they're just hard to recognize. They're hard to become aware of because we fought them just so often. They just feel natural to us. They just feel completely true. We don't even identify them. And we've talked about this already. So we don't even know that they're beliefs. We just think that they're simply true. But the second reason is that questioning our beliefs, especially beliefs that we share with other people, can create a very isolating experience. Meaning that if we decide, I don't want to believe that anymore, it may separate us from people that we are attached to. It may separate us from our family, from our neighborhood, from our friends, from our religion, from our culture. So we struggle with this because we really don't want to be alone. We want to belong. We want to go along with everyone. So it can be really uncomfortable to be questioning our beliefs. And the third thing is that when you question your beliefs, you actually have to be willing to be wrong. And being wrong does not feel good. So we do not like not being right. We have a confirmation bias, which basically means that the brain wants to be right and will go out and try to seek proof for what it already believes. If your brain is actively trying to keep proving your limiting beliefs right all the time, you're not going to want to feel differently and question it to be wrong. If you tell your brain to go find something, it goes on a quest to go find it. So if you keep telling it the same thing, it will keep collecting evidence for the same thing. So your beliefs will keep getting stronger. The more you tell it, go find more evidence. Now, sometimes people say, yeah, but I want to believe the truth. I don't want to be delusional. But what's really interesting is that most of what we think is optional anyway. So technically everything is kind of delusional. And it's really then making the decision what delusion is going to serve you best. You can believe ABC or XYZ which is more delusional to you. You have to make that decision. You get to decide which one helps you more in your life. Now, Tony Robbins also suggests that we can separate limiting beliefs into different categories. The first kind of limiting belief are the limiting beliefs that we have about the world. And these are the beliefs like how things are, the beliefs about your circumstances, about the facts of your life, about what you have control of. For example, many of us think we don't have time and we don't have control of our time. Now, the second area of limiting beliefs are about other people. And these are beliefs they involve about what you think other people think of you. So for example, we often have a limiting belief where we feel that other people are always thinking of you a certain way, whatever you can fill in the blank, whatever that way is. So it may be a belief that people will be disappointed in you or people won't love you if you act a certain way. And then we have limiting beliefs about ourselves. Limiting beliefs about yourself happen when you think something about yourself, that you're unlovable, that you're not enough, that you're too old, that you're too young. None of these things are facts. They're just stories that you tell yourself over and over and over again. 
So if you want to know what your limiting beliefs are, you can do some exploring. You can dig into your own brain and see what thoughts you may have that you think are facts that aren't helping you. And I'm going to share with you now some ideas of some examples of some limiting beliefs so that you can see, do I hold some of these beliefs and are they serving me well? So there's a few general ones that I just want to highlight that we can often have and don't question. And Jim Quick offers some of these in his book, Limitless. So the first limiting belief that many of us have is this idea that intelligence is fixed. And I know that we've talked before all about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And that is episode 20, if you want to go back and revisit that. But basically with a fixed mindset, things are the way they are. And if they are the way they are, then we're powerless to change them. Whereas with a growth mindset, we have the ability to improve anything. If we believe that we do not have the capacity to learn and change, then instead of taking responsibility for our learning, we're going to end up making excuses and blaming others and pointing at the circumstances and distracting ourselves. So thinking that intelligence or talent is all innate will help us deal with the world because it actually relieves us of expectations. But when you believe that you can grow and that you have the power to change, you now have responsibility to take for yourself for your own life. So intelligence is fixed. That can be such a limiting belief. Another limiting belief that we can often have is that a mistake is a failure. And if we think that failure is bad, then of course, we're not going to want to make any mistakes. But so many of us end up playing small and we don't do things in fear of making these mistakes. But what if our perspective was different? What if there was no such thing as a failure? What if every mistake or failure is actually just proof that we're trying and is learning for us? If we want to learn and grow, we would then actually chase failure. We would want to make many mistakes. So mistakes just mean that you're trying, you're getting in the game, you're learning, you're growing. And also it's important for you to remember that you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings. So you're also not your mistakes. So thinking of mistakes as failures is a big limiting belief that many of us have. A third limiting belief is kind of a sneaky one. And it is that knowledge is power. Now, this is something that we often hear, that knowledge is power and it is important, but knowledge without action is actually pointless. We are required to do something to take the knowledge that we have and that we gain and see its power work, the magic. Possessing knowledge is not going to be enough. Now, it's a great to consume things, to always be learning, but it's only when you actually apply when you create with what you've learned, that it becomes powerful. So you always want to make sure that you're combining your action with your knowledge. Knowledge is power, but on its own is a limiting belief. Knowledge plus action is power. That can break that limiting belief. Another thing that we can think of as a big limiting belief that many of us have is that learning new things is hard. And I know I have emphasized it's not a walk in the park but it is actually not as hard as we think. We often run away from new learning because our brain, as we know, doesn't like stepping out of the comfort zone because it's a threat to its survival. But we have to step out to learn. If we don't take steps outside of our comfort zone, we're not going to grow. Now, that doesn't mean we have to take giant steps. Learning just requires baby steps, just the next step. 
and it requires the consistency and effort. You're not expected to take leaps. Just one small step at a time is enough, and with enough practice and rehearsal, the brain will learn that new path. The fifth limiting belief that is super common is that what other people think matters. Many people will end up playing small because of the fear of what other people think. And you may not even know that it's due to the fear of what other people think because it's just such a natural thing. While you may choose to select people that will offer you advice and give you opinions and perspectives, that's great. But we don't want to get bogged down if other people think that what you're doing is the right thing or the wrong thing because they will often not approve of what you're doing. And it speaks more to their comfort zone than it does to yours. And often they are wrong. We need to let go of the fear of being criticized by other people. We can totally handle criticism. So we want to make sure that it's not going to be the barrier for you to step out and handle your dreams. Sure, ask people for their advice and their opinions and perspective. However, make sure you're making what you think matter more than what other people think. Sarah Blakely, she is the founder of Spanx. In her masterclass that I have watched, which is awesome, she talks about how she was working on the idea of Spanx for a good two years. And during that time, she decided really not to tell people what she was working on. And part of the reason was she knew that the second she shared with people what she was going to be doing, she would get a lot of pushback. People would say things like, well, you know, that's a dumb idea. It won't work because of this. Or if it was such a good idea, it would have been invented already. And so she actually gives a recommendation that when you are working on a big dream to sometimes you may just want to keep it to yourself. Or I would say you may just want to share it with trusted people. You may just want to share it with people who are going to support you. But if you're telling it to everybody, then just be aware that many people are going to give you many opinions and it's okay that you don't listen to what other people think. So these are some examples of some more general limiting beliefs that are floating around. I just want to mention a few more specific ones that we often focus on individually. And most are self-explanatory as to why they're limiting. They are just there to convince us to stay small. But I want you to recognize which ones you have. Because let's face it, we all have limiting beliefs and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a good idea to figure out what's going on. So for example, I'm not good enough. And that can come out in different ways. It may not be a voice that says, I'm not good enough, but it is a voice that every time you try to do something, it will let you know, oh, you may make a mistake. You may fail. You're not going to be able to do that. So just be careful of that one. Another one, I'm too old or I'm too young. I don't have enough time. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough experience. I'll never be successful. I don't have enough money. I'll never be one of the best. I'm not talented enough. I'll never be a great leader. So these are just some common ones. And like I said, they may not show up in that exact language, but you can often hear the echoes of them in things that you do. So pay attention to them. Pay attention to the things that you just accept as facts. And I often think when people share the things, they'll end up saying, this is just the way I am. I've always been this way. Often that is showing that there's some limiting beliefs hiding there. 
So now you're a bit more aware of what limiting beliefs actually are, and maybe you're a bit more aware of the ones you have personally. What do you do to deal with them? How can you overcome your limiting beliefs? I'm going to give you a couple of steps that you can start doing to help overcome some of your limiting beliefs. Now, the first one is identify one of your limiting beliefs. So identify like what we just were talking about. You will have multiple limiting beliefs that you can identify, but I'll suggest not to be overwhelming. Just take one and then follow these next two steps. The second thing is recognize that it's just a belief. Really work on loosening up this belief by recognizing that it's just something that you've had thoughts on over and over and label it this way. Now, it could be even completely false belief based on false things that can totally be untrue. It's not a fact. So you just want to label, ah, that thought, that's a belief that I have. The third thing you want to do is you want to challenge this belief. So you've identified one belief, you've labeled it as a belief rather than a grounded fact. Now you're going to question it. And you can question it by asking different questions. For example, you can ask yourself something like, does everybody believe this? Is this 100% provable in a court of law? Did I always think this way? If not, what has changed? Is there evidence out there counteracting my belief? What would it be like to think if the opposite was true? Is this belief helping me to progress towards my goal? How would I think about this if I were somebody else? And you can even do like, how would I think about this if I was Oprah Winfrey or Steve Jobs or an entrepreneur or a doctor? Now, these are the kind of questions that will help you loosen things up and broaden your perspective and help you think in new ways. Think outside of the box. Now, of course, as you're challenging your belief, you may actually determine that, hmm, I think I want to keep this belief. That's not a problem. We're not trying to change all your beliefs. We're just trying to get you to identify the ones that are keeping you stuck. And if they are keeping you stuck, it's likely because they are there and you don't question them and you think they're a, a fact. So don't get bogged down if you're like, I don't want to change this belief. I actually like this belief. I'm not trying to get you to change them. Now, the fourth thing, you've challenged your belief. You've questioned it. Fourth thing I want you to do is ask yourself, what are the consequences of believing this so hard? And like I said, if the consequence is good, then keep on believing. But if the consequence is preventing you from doing something that you want to do or achieving a result that you want, keeping you from playing small, keeping you in your comfort zone, stopping you from doing something you're progressing, you want to identify that. You want to say, I'm believing this and it's preventing me from achieving X, Y, Z. Now, lastly, after you have checked out these consequences, you may decide, okay, I want to pick a new belief. I want to choose something new to believe in, something that will help me improve my life. And this can be hard, but all you need to do is what is small, one small change in your belief that can open up the doors to new opportunities. Now let your brain go out and find evidence. Remember the confirmation bias? Set your brain on the path to prove this new belief true. So if I want to choose to believe something new, I want to say to my brain, okay, let's find evidence for it. Your brain will go out and start collecting evidence for it. Lastly, you want to put it into practice. 
And this is where you will practice it over and over and over again. You want to write the new belief down. You want to post it around the house. You want to put it into your pocket, record it on your phone, rehearse it before bed. You're trying to create a new pathway in your brain about it. And practice is key. And this is where you can really benefit from creating new, your new reality in your mind by visualizing what it is that you want to see, mentally experiencing what you want to achieve. Your brain does not know the difference between thinking something and something actually happening. So allow your brain to get familiar with the results you want and the beliefs to get there. So that's what I have for you today about limiting beliefs. Take a few minutes to go through, ask yourself, what are the things that I believe? Do I want to believe? Are they serving me well? Are there things that I believe to be true that are keeping me stuck? Go through, you have to unload your brain. That's where journaling comes in. It is super helpful for you to be writing these things down. If you are not getting the results in your life that you want to get, chances are you've got some limiting beliefs and it's okay because we all have them. But if you need a little help uncovering those limiting beliefs, that's what I help you do in coaching. So reach out and I would love to help you. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.